Thank you so much, um, Sarah. And um, thank you for coming along today. We'll probably have more people popping in along the way, which is fine, but I like to reward the punctual um, rather than wait for the, the late turn people turning up. Welcome, Daniel and Beth. If you could put your video on, because this is an interactive session. Um, so the topic is what is leadership for the future and what does it actually mean? Because I'm hearing a lot of rhetoric on LinkedIn, on different social media platforms around we need to be different, but what does that actually look like? And I don't think we're we, anyone's really clear on what are we actually talking about. So today is about let's get some definition around what it is we're actually talking about and for you to walk away with some a few tips on how you might manage it in your context because I don't think there's any blueprint here. There's no blueprint of how to transition to this new future that we're working on. And there's a lot of demands out there for things to be different. And you have, may have found in the last two years that things have become quite different at the work. We're managing so many different things, so many different hot topics. So what is it? And so I'm gonna show you some slides along the way. So what is it, what is leadership for the future? What is it that we're going to have to let go of in terms of the old way? And we have moved in leaps and bounds in terms of working from home, hybrid working, that sort of thing. So there's a big shift happening there, but there's a big shift happening in terms of focus on well-being, a big shift happening in terms of how we manage diversity and inclusion. There's lots of agendas that are bubbling up that we're transitioning from the old to the new. So that's what today is about. How do we actually navigate this? Um, and I think the big thing that I am seeing from where I sit, and I'm a leadership coach, I do group coaching, I train mentors to be coach-like, I work with safety professionals to help them be more coach-like, I think the big theme I'm seeing that will make the biggest difference is this growing self-awareness and more consciousness around what leaders are doing and the impact they have. So this knowing thyself, knowing yourself and what seems to be important to you and how you have conversations is going to be a crucial key on how we move forward. And so we now live in an era where our workforces, our families are wanting different interactions, different way of being and a more respectful way of having conversations. And I see that personally from my two daughters who are 24 and 26, who are calling my husband out on how he communicates with them and helping him understand what diversity, gender equality, inclusion looks like. So I'm seeing it firsthand of what's happening in the home, but I'm sure you're seeing it firsthand in what's happening in your workplace. 
So leaders are going to be required to more and more to know thyself or know themselves. Yeah? And what has worked in the past may not be landing as well now. So I picked up this little quote at the bottom here. We want to interact in a way that is engaging their people in designing what the future of work looks like by experimenting and adjusting policies as they go. And I picked up this from a LinkedIn post about hybrid working, that it's no longer a case where organisations can just design the policy from a, a senior leadership perspective or from a HR perspective and then expect it to be rolled out with no concerns. It's going to be done differently going forward in terms of how we engage people to work things out together. So I think this, this um, is really good to mention as well, that people are wanting something different in their workplace. There's a move from the paycheck to, I want my purpose met at work. It's a move from satisfaction to, I want to be developed. A move from having a boss to having a coach who's there to help grow and develop them along the way, rather than a one-off conversation that happens once a year in terms of how you're going and in terms of your performance, to a more ongoing informal conversation, a shift from weaknesses to strength and a shift from my job to my life. And we've seen that over the last couple of years around your whole life is being taken into account in terms of how you manage your work. Um, so this shift is everywhere. And so that's what today's conversation is about. And I think this is the essence of what we're talking about here. The conversation is the fundamental unit of change. If you change the conversation, then there's every chance you'll change everything that surrounds it. And if you've been on other webinars I've ran around, I've, I, I say this quite a bit, that it's the conversation that's going to create the change. So being conscious of how you have conversations is going to be really important. So you may put your hand up and go, yep, we are juggling and grappling with these hot topics at the moment in our organisation. So I'm going to put, put a poll up in the moment, but the topics are, is this something your organisation is grappling with? Flexible and hybrid working arrangements, diversity and inclusion and helping create a place where everyone feels like they belong connecting to a sense of higher purpose of why they come to work, managing well-being and having it that on the radar, including people in decision-making and problem-solving because our younger generation, our workers in their 20s, don't want to just be told what the decisions are. They want to be included. Um, how do you find good people and how do you retain good people is... Well, some of the hot topics that I am seeing happening at the moment. So uh, welcome, Kimberly. Welcome, Wayne. Welcome, Beth. If you could put your videos on because this is going to be a conversation rather than just me speaking at you. So here's the poll. 
please vote on which ones. Um, so you can have three. You can select three of these topics. Which are your top three that your organisation is juggling? So just put your ratings there. Which are the top, your top three? Do we have to have three? Do we have to have three? Do you have to have three? No, you don't. Okay, we've got three topics so far and the poll is just about to end and they keep changing. And okay, I'm going to end the poll now. And it's looking like the top one is finding and retaining good people is number one and flexible and hybrid working is number two. So let me make sure I have that down, finding and retaining good people and high, flexible and hybrid working. So we're going to focus the conversation around those two topics. So here's what I would like you to do. Oh, here's what I'm going to share with you. I want you to go into breakout now. Um, and I'm going to probably put you in groups of three. And here's the thing, and you might like to take a photo of this so that you've got these questions when you go into breakout rooms. Just very briefly introduce yourself. So 20 seconds, name, role, organisation, and your greatest strength, if you could share that. Then I want you to share what is leadership for the future to you and what questions do you hope you have answered today around finding and retaining good people and flexible and hybrid working? Yeah. What question do you hope you have answered on those two topics? So please take a photo if you haven't already. And I'm going to put you into breakouts for a really quick conversation. So we have, yeah, we can do that with the numbers here. And we've got three breakouts. Okay. So all you need to do is click on the breakout link and head into your conversation. So you need to click on the link right now. And you have six minutes in your breakouts. So in the chat, what is it that your question you have around finding and retaining good people and flexible and hybrid working. What question do you want answered? Oh, no problem, Alan. Thanks for letting me know. You can listen to the rest of the recording at <laughs> another time. Okay, thanks, Alan. So let's look at the questions so far. Um, Joel's got, how do you make workers feel appreciated, especially in regards to safety? Great. What do others got for their questions? Still typing them out. 
Caroline's, how do you encourage ownership of the role? Great. Uh, Kimberly's got, how do we foster genuine connections when working online and support um, staff wellbeing in a time we are working remotely? Great question. A lot of people are juggling with that one. Are you still going, Beth? Are you still typing? <laughs> Great. Wayne, are you still typing? Okay. So what we're going to do, oh, one more, Sarah's got one. How do you engage employees to feel valued and encourage them to contribute to ideas and help problem solve? So from all of those questions, I want each of you to read everyone's questions there. And which question really piques your curiosity that you would like some answers to from the ones that are in the chat? And Wayne's got how to upskill our frontline leaders to retain their workers. So which ones really piqued your interest? How do we support staff coaching with limited time in the workplace? Okay, great. Thanks, Beth. Welcome, Kylie. This is an interactive session. If you could put your video on, that would be great. So tell me which... In the name of the question, the person's name who's got the question that's really piqued your interest that you would like answers to, which one of those are you super keen on? Kimberly, which one for you? It was Rebecca. Rebecca's? Anyone else for Rebecca's question? How do you support workers' health and wellbeing whilst working remotely? Yeah, I support on. Joel, awesome. So I think we start with that one. Given I'm we're limited on time, so remind you of Rebecca's is where is it? How do you support workers' health and well-being whilst working remotely? Was that it, that, Kimberly? Is that the one you said? And Joel was right. Okay, so let's start with that one. So I need four volunteers uh, to help me answer this question. How do we support workers' health and well-being whilst working remotely? Um, so up here is pick me, pick me, pick me for this conversation. Here is... I'll do it if no one else puts their hand up. Here is no chance. I'm going to stay on mute and I just want to listen in. When I go three, two, one, place your hand somewhere on that screen. Three, two, one. Okay, so Kimberly, Wayne, and Sarah, and Daniel, you were relatively high in the middle there. You're going to be the fourth people. I'm going to facilitate a conversation around this, okay? Um, so everyone who's not directly being in the conversation, I want you to be the observers of the conversation. So you put your screen on um, stop video and I want you to watch what happens in this conversation and where I steer the questioning for it. Okay, so for each of you, we're going to look at, well, so what is it you want in relation to this 
Let me just get the question back up. I've lost it now. Where is it? Let me get it back. How to support, support workers' health and well-being whilst working remotely. Yeah. So what is it you want from this conversation around that topic of how do you support workers' health and well-being whilst working remotely? What piques your interest around that topic? I think we just want to get some tips, really, on, on what leaders um, should be doing to um, support their health and well-being. Okay, great. Thank you. Actions, specific actions, because, you know, we're all aware that there's resources online available for people um, and that there's policies in place that support well-being, but what actions can we take as individuals to support the team? Lovely. Thank you, Kimberly. What about for you, Wayne? It's having that on-site support as well. It's getting somebody up there who can be a little bit more professional and actually dealing with the personal's health and well-being. So your question is around who can offer that support? Well, or just providing enough uh, training or experience or actually getting I've, I've worked on sites where we've had on-site chaplains permanently that have helped out and had personal uh, experience with it so you know that was one of the best things that probably were on that site and uh, a lot more companies are starting to take it on the bigger companies because they can afford it yeah. but for the smaller companies like we're with now how do we get that help and assistance to our people out remotely Love it. Thank you. And what about for you, Daniel? What what do you, is it you want from this conversation around supporting health and well-being and stuff? Yeah, I think to Wayne's point, obviously cost is a huge factor. And I think well-being historically, when budgets start getting tight, well-being's often quite the first one to get cut. Um, but we almost need more of an investment to yeah, kind of reach employees and stuff whether they're working yeah, remotely or like in their own homes and things. Um, so rather than just passively putting resources out, like, oh, go read this article or, you know, like, oh, here's a poster or whatever. Um, how can we actually, yeah, kind of achieve behaviour change? And I guess in terms of the employees, but also their kind of friends and family. So, yeah, when they're working at home, there's that accountability because they don't necessarily have their colleagues around them. Yeah. Or even ways of doing that. Yeah, like virtually so the colleagues can kind of virtually connect and sort of empower yeah. each other. So there's a number of things you commented on there, Daniel. What's the key ones that you want from this conversation? You started with how do we invest in, in it? And then you also said in, in behaviour change. So which, which is crucial for you right now? Probably the behaviour change. Okay. So for just, each of the four of you, if you could stay on um, unmute, uh, because this is a is a conversation that's free flowing. So just unmute yourself, folks. Wayne, you're going to say something. Yeah. So just just to um, go on what Daniel's saying as well. You've you've got a lot of things in place already. Are you okay, mates in construction? Uh, you've got all these things, but our people are not using them as required. We know what guys are like. It's I'm not talking to my mate. I'm not going to do anything. I might find 
maybe one of the ladies I can talk to, but will she tell her mates uh, what's going to go on? So there's still that stigma around everybody talking about things. They're yeah. not going to come out and just openly talk about it. Some people have been through the stuff. They can talk about it, but I've had personnel on site that pretty much are almost shut down. You almost have to RFDS them out. They are that bad because they yeah. will just not talk to anybody, not yeah. even their supervisor. And, and it's just going to be something that is, it's, it's a really tricky question. Sure. Thank you for that, that comment, Wayne. Can I, sorry, can I just, when, when you're talking about, um, you know, someone's wellbeing and they're on Zoom or you're only communicating by Teams chat or emails, um, I think, you know, you try to rely on emojis. Say if you're saying something to someone, you might, at a smiley face because you want to give the impression that you're saying, oh, that's okay or something or no, that I don't like that, that tactic or whatever. But but in a nice way, you're adding emojis and, and that's what, and we have to because we're worried about how the impact of the sentence we've just chatted off is going to be taken. I think it would be a good idea for leaders to call people directly in the one-on-one -on -one about an issue at work but then take that opportunity to have a discussion then about the weekend or golf or your Bali trip or whatever, to just start talking like we used to do in an office when you talk, when you'd go to the coffee machine and talk about golf. Um, yeah. And that way the person is going to feel valued. Um, they may not speak to that person a lot, but they're going to feel valued and they'll take away a feeling of well-being, I think, um, that they won't yeah. just talk about work. Someone cares about them, yeah. Thank you, Sarah. So where we're going to go now is we started in terms of what you wanted from the conversation and, and um, you've said tips, actions, how can you support people and how do you do the actual behaviour change in supporting people in terms of their, their um, well-being and health. So where we're going to go now is when you've got it right in your own organisations, what seemed to work in your context around supporting people's health and well-being? What worked? What have you seen work either in your organisation or client organisations that you work with? What seems to work in, in managing this well? Yeah. Wayne, well, for you. I could probably say what doesn't work in the big organisations are like okay, the ESS I'm pause providers. You there. I'm going to pause you there because we're going to be focused on what is working rather than what's not working because we can spend a lot of time talking about all the things that aren't working, but that's not going to be helpful for any of you moving forward. And I want you to walk away with tips, actions and things you can take. So, Wayne, for you, what do you notice? Even there's a hint of what's working already around health and well-being. Talking to our people out in the field, I go out and deal with my supervisors before I go out and say train my people on the ground to find out what the sort of culture and the nature is, how the person's doing, uh, you know, because it's no good me going out to train someone if they're having a bad day. We need to start by uplifting them first, but I start with their leaders. I don't go straight to the person. Ah, and what difference does that make where you start with the leaders? 
oh, firstly, I'm building a, a reputation with them or a, or a communication consultation. And that definitely uh, gets me on the right foot because then they're willing to help me to help their crew or vice versa. Yeah, okay. So that's an important step that you take in terms of getting to know the leaders and then getting to know their people. Thank yeah. you. Um, Daniel, for you, what seems to be working already in your organisation? Yeah, I think on, yeah, on the back of what Wayne said and to Sarah's point earlier, um, yeah, having those conversations and almost like taking that interest in the individual. Um, so yeah, a, a moment that really stood out for me, um, yeah, personally was in a team meeting, was having a bit of a rough day, it was pretty quiet, didn't really think anything of it, just kind of went through the motion, did the meeting, signed off. Um, and then my, yeah, the group manager kind of reached out and was like, oh, like I noticed um yeah things were a bit different in the meeting um I just kind of brushed it off and was like oh no like I'm fine just whatever um but I think just having that yeah that reach out sort of thing kind of made me sort of consider yeah how I was feeling that day and yeah even though I wasn't a straight away like oh yeah like I'm, I'm feeling pretty down um later on that day then kind of reached out and had that conversation so yeah and not always necessarily seeing it yeah. Straight away. So there's two key things that happened there that your your manager was it that reached out. They noticed you were different, so it was on their radar that they noticed that, and then that they took the step to contact you. You know. So what difference did that make to you? Them making that call and noticing that. Yeah, I guess, yeah, definitely made me feel noticed and, yeah, that they're kind of taking an interest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. And what about for you, Kimberly? What seems to be working around health and well-being in your context? I'm sure we've got the um, solution for this one. <laughs> That's why I was interested in ex exploring the topic. But I think um, if I was to pick something um, that is positive in an all. I think it's spending time with giving people the time of day yeah. in whatever way that it it matters for them. So there being the positive interactions or if I think of other people's interactions with myself. Um, yeah, I think creating that space to meet in whatever way suits that individual. So <laughs> it, and a personalised approach, I think, maybe. Yes. And I think that's what people are after. They're wanting that personalised approach rather than the token, are you okay day, you know, like those yeah. sorts of things. It needs to happen at a personal level, as you said. And what difference has it made to you when you've noticed that happening where people give you the time of day? Well, even I think with other people, like me with other people, I think... Um, issues come up earlier um progress gets made faster so things are more efficient and i think um there was someone's comment i can't remember his comment but around people feel valued if you've yeah. given them that space yeah um, yeah and you know what people feeling valued is the number one motivator for people staying at an organization and having that from their direct line manager is 
what they're after. Yeah, feeling valued. And as you say, Daniel, noticed by your direct line manager. Motivation goes up and they'll feel like they belong to that organisation as well. Sarah, for you, thanks, Kimberly. Sarah, for you, what, what seems to be working that you notice either in your organisation for or for other organisations? Well, I think it's quite obvious that the fact that Daniel was noticed genuinely mm. and called that and enough to say it again here, it says everything, you know. It's genuine. You want genuine interest from people about your life, uh, not just your work, your life, how you going? Yes, yes. And what difference has that made for you, Sarah, when you've been shown genuine interest in your work and life? Well, I just think you go away feeling better. And, and if you're feeling better about, I don't know, someone just took notice or asked you about something, then you, you feel better about the work that you're about to start doing for them or with them. And mm. it's better. You, you, your despondency goes. You, you like, yeah, I want to do this well because, you know, I like him. That sort of thing. It's just, uh, I think it just works both ways. You know, I think people used to, you know, think if they're talking in the office about golf, they're wasting time. That was not time wasted. That was making people feel good. That's right. Um, I'm noticing there's a few comments coming in the chat and I'll refer to your comments when we get to the general discussion area, if you can hang on to those at the moment. So where I'm going to take you now is how do you want it to be? Yeah, what will it look like if your organisation is doing this well, where you're taking into account everyone's health and well-being what would be some signs in the future that this is happening in a good way? What would you be hoping to see? Wayne, for you. Firstly, staff retention. And so what would, what would be the signs that you're retaining staff and not just the deadwood, but you're retaining your good people? Yeah, what, what would they have noticed that would say, I need to stay here because I'm on a good wicket. So maybe the workplace culture would go up, uh, productivity would go up, uh, communication, friendliness in the work area. I mean, there's probably vast things that would change, but a lot of people leave jobs because they're not happy. You'd actually have people staying because they, they like the environment. It's not about yeah. the finances elsewhere. They actually yeah. enjoy what they do. So you've said some really big ticket items there, Wayne, in terms of culture change, communications better. Um, how would you notice the culture has changed? What, what is it you're hoping that it changes to? What would be a sign that it's a great culture? Probably, I mean, if just starting at a pre-start meeting or, or the initial first start in the morning, people going for a coffee, having a chat, uh, just something as simple as as yeah, more friendliness around the the crib room or yeah, in the mess, the dry mess when they're getting breakfast or something like that. It might just start then when they wake up. They're not all down and dreary. They might be a little bit more perked up in the morning. That's going to change your whole day already if you start off on a good foot. And so, what would have impacted that 
that friendliness and and um, enjoyment. Where what has created that? Well, that could be ourselves, maybe encouraging our leaders to to do the right thing, to be better with their, their crew. But that's also got to stem right down from the CEO through to management, through to everything. Uh, Daniel had a good thing where he was noticed. And uh, just quickly, uh, we had a, a big conference meeting. I asked a question and the CEO came up and thanked me for asking that question. And I was wow. blown away by it as well. So as Daniel said, he was noticed and I was noticed. And I went, wow, this guy remembered my name and commented. And I mean, that I'm prepared Love to that. ask. I'm prepared to pay that forward and give it to the rest of my work colleagues. Right, because you received it yourself. Correct. Yeah, no, and you were noticed by name and um, commented on and based on the question you asked. Love it. Yes. Thank you. What else is it going to look like if we've moved it to this preferred future that you're after in terms of taking care of people's health and well-being? What are you going to notice, Daniel? Yeah, I think just to add to Wayne's point around like the culture. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure how we could, yeah, sort of get to that point. So for example, we're trying to organize some stuff for Are You Okay Day um, and trying to make it more than just about the day and kind of have the focus for at least a month and kind of beyond. But at the moment, it's almost like pulling teeth in terms of, oh, we've got to get each of the leaders out to go and speak to their people and like we shouldn't be at that point it should just be a yeah like all leaders are naturally wanting to connect with their people and have those discussions so yeah how do we kind of shift the culture to that yeah. point so don't worry about the how this point we're just defining what are you moving towards so if you were moving towards a place where leaders were taking responsibility for this it was on their radar. You didn't have to have RUAK days because it's front of mind for them. What would you be noticing about the leaders if they were acting in this way that their behaviour was around, oh, it's on my radar, taking care of people in terms of their health and wellbeing? How would you notice that in your leaders? Yeah, I guess just being proactive and they're actually... Yeah, having those genuine discussions. And I think Kimberly mentioned it before, like you're almost seeing issues and stuff come up sooner. Um, yeah. Yeah, because pe yeah, people are noticing stuff yeah. more, more often, I guess. Okay. So based on what we've just said now, given the hints of what you're after is already little tiny snippets of it's happening already, Given what we spoke about in terms of what where you're trying to take it, what might be a small step action that each of you could take to enable health and well-being to be more on the agenda? Given what we've spoken about it already, what might be a really small step that you might take? Kimberly, what, what might be a small step for you? Um, I'm not sure besides talk to people more. One of the things I struggle with is the sheer volume of people to yes. interact with. We're talking about interacting at an individual level. Yeah. Um, 
So the things we typically do is talk about it at a team level or a group level, but I don't think that's, we've deemed that's not effective. So um, create space for individuals, I suppose, starting with someone's better than no one. Yeah. Okay. What about for you, Sarah? What might be a really small step that you might take in your organisation? Well, I just, in relation to what Kimberly said, ours is very different. We don't have loads and loads of people. But um, I was thinking, Kimberly, you could invite people to talk um, because then just say, look, here's a meeting link. Um, if you want to have a 10 minute chat with me, um, let's have a chat about something. Um, but in terms of what we do, or, or what I think we should do more is talk, not chat. So instead of on that chat channel, instead of asking a question, just say, hey, Jane, have you got two minutes? We can have a quick call. And when you're in that call, ask something personal. Thank you. What might you do, Daniel? Small step. Yeah, maybe to Sarah's point, yeah, if there's like, you know, like depending on how many staff and things you've got, but if you can know at least like one personal thing about each person, then you can kind of each time sort of build on that. Nice. Thank you. What about for you, Wayne? What might be a really small step that you might take to, to start moving you one step closer? I could probably say I've started already and started to try and interact with personnel in my office and out in the field, getting to have a chat to them in the coffee room or go outside while they're having yeah. a smoke and have a chat with them. And so yeah. we've, we've started because yeah, not all workplace is great. And yeah, people want to know, well, what would I do? And I just, we have a chat about it, you know, like you say, we actually talk about what's going on in the workday. Yeah. Exactly. So, so doing, doing more it. of what you're already doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a lot to learn from all you guys as well, how we can expand on that. But at least I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying to pay it forward already from my boss, you know, to, to retain our people. That's what, what we want. So yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep at it for now and hopefully uh, I don't scare them away. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, the four of you. I'm going to bring everyone back now, given where we are with time. Um, so if Beth, Kylie, Rebecca, Joel and Caroline, if you could put your video back on. And um, just unmute yourself so we can have a full group conversation. What stood out to you from this way of having a conversation with these four people? What stood out to you? The importance of, I suppose, the the actions of the CEO or senior um, personnel and their approach. Yeah, so it needs to be that um, uh, the person in front of them is a, is important, and they they're not necessarily distracted what, with whatever else might be yeah. happening around them. Yeah, um, and they set the tone. They I do. Suppose, yeah. for the rest of the business. So if if they're not taking people's um, and interest in individuals, then a lot of their um, managers or else, people elsewhere in the business won't. That's right. Good tip. Thank you. For others, what did you notice in how this conversation went? What did you notice? Um, 
You were only asking open-ended questions, so that meant they had the, the ownership of the conversation? Yeah. So I wasn't going to give the answers to what they needed to do. I was using their experts in their world, so I'm helping them to tap into noticing what already works that they can do more of or and then create where they're wanting to go. Yeah. So this way of having conversations is not about bringing experts in to solve your problems, but working with everyone to help solve the problem. Yeah. Joel, what did you notice? Thanks, Rebecca. Good pickup. Um, I think the good thing is, is although like everyone had similar um, questions in terms of what they're looking for and what their problems are, there's lots of answers for any situation and everyone has their own input. So it's not That's just right. hopeless and there's no only one answer that solves all the problems. There's, there's everyone's got their little two cents and it yes. can help to not solve the problem completely, but, but make it better. That's right. And that's the thing. I think, you know, the old way was we're going to work out the whole policy or the whole approach and then we're going to tell you how to do it. I think those days have gone. This needs to be a different interaction to help everyone help work out what we're going to do going forward because we all know what's best in our context. You know, you, you think you're working with adults who are very capable outside of work. So how do we in, connect with that capability inside of work? Because we sometimes think people leave their brains at the door, but they actually don't. They're very capable. <laughs> So let me give you a hint of how I was running this conversation. And I was using a solution-focused approach. So if you've been in any of my other seminar uh, webinars, I've done this. We can focus on the positive content or the good stuff of what is working. Or we, sorry, my typing is terrible. Or we can focus on the not so good stuff, the negative content, um, what is not working. Gosh, my typing is terrible. So that's the content axis. The other axis is the timeline. So we could focus on the past and we can focus on the future or we can focus right in the middle which is the now so where i took you in this conversation i looked at firstly i started right in the center here so what is it your want from this conversation yeah what are your best hopes from this conversation then i went to resourceful past when it has worked for you in your context, what made it work? What was working and what difference do, did that make? So that's quadrant two. Then I went to quadrant one, which is what are you aiming for? What is the preferred future you want? But I didn't accept big complex terms. Wayne gave me communication, culture, those sorts of terms, which are big ticket items. 
And I got him, I said, so what will you notice if the culture is different? Yeah. So I got him to really get down to the concrete level because sometimes we talk in a mismatch of I'm talking about communication, but it means something totally different to me. So I got him to define what do you mean by culture? If the culture was different, what would you be noticing? I steered clear of the problem talk. I steered clear of what we call the problem past. We know of all the things that aren't working, but that's not going to help us solve it to understand the problem to the nth degree. And then I steered right clear of if we don't do something about this, what is the dreaded future we don't want? So the whole conversation was up here. This is being problem focused. This is being solution focused. So I was saying the hints of when it, it works, what is working already in your organization or, or someone else's you know what are you seeing working and then I said and so how do you want it to look and then to get to the small step action of where you are now to where you wanted to be I just go what is a small step that you're going to take to move, start moving you towards this is that making sense so the way we have conversations is really going to determine how we move things forward. So we're right at the end of our time together today. Um, any, what questions do you have given what we've spoken about already and this approach to having conversations? Kimberly. Um, what happens if the group that you're working with can't see or come up with the answers and you've just got this death silence. So what, what I think is a good um, tip to start this way of having conversation is explaining the quadrant, yeah, and saying we are going to focus this conversation on what is already working and how we want it to be going forward. And if you feel the need to talk about the problem to the nth degree, could you please start writing it down? Because we're actually not going to go there. Because problem talk doesn't solve problems. Solution talk solves the problems. Yeah. So it's warming people up to the conversation. So what you may have noticed I did with you today is I got you into breakout into smaller groups. People feel more comfortable to have conversations like this when you warm them up to the conversation, not go straight into a team meeting and go, we're going to be talking about this unless the relationships are really good. Yeah. What other questions are emerging for you about this topic of leadership for the future? All good? Okay. Final thing I'd like to say, thank you very much for coming along. Um, let me get way ahead. Um, just a little bit in terms of what I do. So I work 
with leaders one-to-one in terms of helping them navigate these transitions. I also run leaders coach programs to help leaders have more coach-like conversations like I just did. Then I also develop mentors and I also do strategy work with teams. If you'd like to sign up for my monthly newsletter to get tips on coaching and mentoring, that's the way to do it. If you want to scan your um, phone, um, image, yeah, your cam, put your camera on to scan that, you can sign up, but I'll also be sending you a link as well. Thank you so much, everyone, for uh, being part of this different way of having a webinar with Myosh. We were experimenting today, so thank you very much for being part of the experiment. And sorry, I haven't got to the comments in the chat, um, but reach out if you wanna have a conversation further around this topic, because everyone's navigating it at the moment and there's no blueprint of how to move forward on this. So thank you very much for coming along. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thanks very much, that was great. Thank you.